When I had all those issues going on with breastfeeding my first experience and we hired a lactation consultant to come to the house, she was not down for the cause. <laughs> and my whole family was at the house. And my husband is over six feet tall. So all of his family is over six feet. They're all tall. So she comes by and sees all these huge black people. And I'm making this assumption in my mind that this is what she's seeing, but her eyes were the size of golf balls. So she kind of came in, she took my breast, showed me what to do, and then was like, okay, bye. And it was like the dust lines. <laughs> She was so uncomfortable and thankfully, yeah, I mean, she was helpful, but it was weird. And then like, that's where our relationship began and ended. And when you're going out on this path as a parent, you're looking for relationships. You don't need just fly by night people. And so I think that's where really having that community comes in because you know that someone is not only there to help you, but there, it doesn't just into that service. They will continue to be there for you. Welcome to the Well Worth Watering podcast. I'm Luann, and my goal is to empower, educate, and nourish Black birthing people along their birth and new parenthood journeys. One message, one truth, one story at a time. Because we are well worth this conversation. We are well worth pouring into. We are well worth watering. Welcome back. Welcome back to season two of the podcast. I hope everyone is having a safe summer. Wherever the sound of my voice is reaching, you find yourself safe, at peace, and, you know, ready to grow in whatever situation we're presented with, right? I'm recording this episode at the beginning of August, and August is... Breastfeeding Awareness Month, so a month where we share a lot of information and educate and raise awareness around what it means to be a nursing parent, a breastfeeding parent, a chest feeding parent, and the benefits that that offers to our new babies. For this episode, I sat down with Shannon, Shannon Beecham. I so resonate with Shannon and you know, the way she approaches birth as as initiation, as ritual, as this deep um, opportunity to learn about ourselves, but also to welcome new life in a way that is enriching and and um, and really enjoyable. Right. It, it so goes against the narrative that a lot of us, you know, grew up with um, about what birth can be and the possibilities for birth. So here's my conversation with Shannon. Let's just start really broad, like who is Shannon and really what was your why, which is a question that I ask a lot of folks, right? Like everybody has that kind of like origin story of like how they came to um, birth work. And I'm always interested to know like what that is for everybody. So that's kind of a two-pronged question, like who are you and How'd you get here? Okay, sounds good. Uh, well, I'm Shannon, Shannon Beecham, and uh, that is that is just me without any labels. It's just I am Shannon. I am someone that loves peace, and I'm someone that loves quiet, uh, very kind of an introverted personality. 
But then as I start to, you know, put my labels on myself, I am a mother. I have three awesome little babies. Well, they're not anywhere near babies, but that's what I'm going to call them. Right. Uh, and they are babies all, forever in our mind. Right. <laughs> Just without diapers, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, are homeschooled. We, we homeschool them. And that is an interesting relationship to have, being both the parent and the teacher. Uh, but it's something that I enjoy. And then um, the other hat is uh, that I work as a doula and a childbirth educator and a breastfeeding counselor. And all of those are kind of housed under um, my business. Uh, I'm the creator of Pregnancy with Mrs. B. And that is where I am able to do all of the birth work that I love to do. Right, right. So that's the first part. Yeah. (laughs) And now the meat of it, the why, even though I wasn't really the kind of kid that really dreamed of like a wedding day or, um, you know, dreamed of being married. I mean, I, I think there was a certain bit of it. I remember playing like the mash game and, you know, you're putting down your crushes and like how many kids you're going to have. But I mean, I wasn't like cutting out magazine articles. It really wasn't in the forefront of my mind, but I did just kind of always know that I wanted to be a mother uh, I said that I wanted six kids. <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> and so stepping into motherhood was something that I wanted to do. Being a doula wasn't necessarily something that I wanted, but it's also not something that I was aware of until I became pregnant, until I had children. And so I know for many people who become birth workers, their why is, you know, well, I experienced a certain type of pregnancy or a certain type of labor, and that sparked me to do this. And that is the first part of my why in terms of, you know, the birth work. And my experience wasn't by any means traumatic. Uh, it was almost like I got a sneak peek of what um, my life or my, my career is, um, But after that first time having a baby, we had a hospital birth for our first baby and it was just, it didn't feel good. And then when I compare that to once I had the knowledge of having a home birth, ah, just, just such a relief. It went from being a medical experience to just being my life. I'm just, I'm birthing a baby. (laughs) We're adding to the family. That's it. And so approaching it in that different way really, really helped, um, I think, me heal from the first experience of, of giving birth and knowing that, you know, there's, there's more to it. There is more to it than just you're the person with the baby and we need the numbers. We need to know how your baby's doing. We need to know how your blood pressure is doing. Like there's more to it than that. And so that was kind of my first awakening. And then the second was when I went to my doula training, which I feel like, oh, was so divine. It was so divine for me to find this place that I did my training through. And um, 
part of that when you um, completed the course hours or, you know, the physical part of the training was to mentor with someone to a birth. And I had never seen another birth outside of my own, which was also wild. You know, my first birth experience was like literally my first birth experience ever. I'd never seen anyone give birth. I wasn't really particularly around babies. So I'm like, okay, I've got all my doula knowledge. Like, you know, it's, it's almost even like when you first leave school and you're so eager to work, you're so eager to show off the things that you learned. But we all know that like the book work in some ways goes out the window with the practical that you actually are doing. So I'm all ready. And it was actually uh, my first birth that I experienced watching someone else's um, ended in a cesarean birth and almost like an emergency cesarean. And so I was just like, okay, (laughs) that was a lot. Um, And really had to do some work to, I was like, can I do this? You know, is this something that I can do? Like every birth is not going to be just this, oh, what a beautiful experience. That's when I really realized that that was truly something that I wanted to do. Um, Of course, I was kind of taken aback, but I realized like, this is where I want to be though. This is the space that I want to be in. And to be able to walk with parents on this journey, wherever it takes you. And that's also kind of the exciting part about birth is is the unknown. And so because I can be excited by it, I can help guide others who might not be as excited or having a lot of nerves to remain open and curious about their experience and to really define their experience on their own terms and not really by like, you know, what the doctor says or what your friends are saying about how you should have birthed or what you could have done and just really giving them space to, you know, come to terms on their own with what they feel about their experience. So. Right. Wow. (laughs) Um, I wanted to pick your brain about like what kind of assumptions uh, you had to work through families with. So I'll give an example. I know that (laughs) when I decided to nurse my first I was like gung-ho, like, yes, this is natural. You know, my body was designed to like keep my baby alive. Um, And I was really dumbstruck at like, oh, this wasn't as easy as like, (laughs) I thought it was just like, oh yeah, you know, I I make this decision like black and white, point A straight to point B, um, very linear. And I was really like, whoa, okay, I, I might need some guidance here. And maybe on the flip side, people think or people are taken aback by like, oh, they think it might be too much. Right. So I think the assumptions can range. Um, And I just wanted like your personal experience um, or even personal testimony on some assumptions that you've had to unpack with folks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I, I find it funny. I shared a lot about, you know, the journey of becoming a mother and the journey of um, doula work and not at all with breastfeeding, but as I talk to this, I think it'll kind of weave its way in there. Yeah. I completely understand that feeling because that is exactly how I felt. I thought it was just going to be easy because it's natural. And I remember being at work one day and a friend of mine, um, you know, 
back when like instant messenger was a thing. Um, we're going back and forth with each other uh, while we're working. And she's telling me that a friend of hers was having like a lot of difficulties with breastfeeding. And I, I genuinely could not wrap my mind around it. Bless my poor little past self. But she she really didn't get it. I'm like, I, I don't understand what her problem could be. I'm about to just be breastfeeding. And I had quite an experience quite an experience um went through like the whole nine yards of like cracked nipples um trying to figure out like uh am I giving this baby enough food and then supplementing because I'm getting advice from the hospital and my parents that you know she needs more you, you should be doing more um I had mastitis. I mean, all of all of these things. And then when I met with a lactation counselor, um, it literally went away in that day. I mean, just that small bit of education that I had and what to do completely changed the rest of my breastfeeding experience. And so I, I agree that breastfeeding is natural. I still do stick by that. But what I do try and under, get parents or future parents to understand is that what's not natural about breastfeeding is kind of the society that we live in. You know, we don't see examples really of people breastfeeding, so we don't know. Um, breastfeeding on top of also people trying to pump, people trying to go back to work, like all of those other things that are around us that surround breastfeeding is what makes it so difficult. And just knowing that, you know, because of that, it's okay to need help, to need support um, because, you know, that, and that's part of that initiation to parenthood is like, okay, you know, I'm the parent, I'm supposed to know what I'm doing, but I actually don't. And like, you know, reaching out and getting that support. I can't say enough about, you know, education <laughs> and taking classes because then you get to meet new people. You get to understand and get to know um, individuals who are in that field of breastfeeding or pregnancy, whatever it is. And that way, when the time comes that you do need help, you're not just blindly searching for someone. You actually have a resource that you can go to, someone that you know is going to support you. And I feel like it's kind of a missed opportunity when we don't take advantage of um, taking those classes so that we can meet other parents and so that we can meet other professionals. Uh, I even think about, and this is a little off topic, but you know, we kind of took it so lightly, the decision of who our pediatrician would be with our first birth. We like got to the hospital. We let them pick who we needed to go to and called it a day. Huge missed opportunity because we had so many difficulties with them. There was no research done about vaccines with this person. And, and then when I see um, even now, uh, you know, parents that are taking their kids to the pediatrician for the hospital and then CPS getting involved. Are you kidding me? And it's just like, we have to protect ourselves. Supporting buying Black or supporting Black businesses is a lot more than just the financial impact of our community. It's also for our protection. And so when you get to be in those spaces and meet these people, then you can actually find people who are going to care about you so that when the time comes, you know, you'll have that good, healthy support system. Uh, I think, too, the difference, though, uh, for us 
nine, 10 years ago. I mean, Facebook was a thing, but the way that people get information on social media now wasn't really something that was happening then. And now I find that women have these expectations of having these huge milk supplies because we see people posting all these pictures and things that we didn't necessarily even think about are now like, oh, well, I've heard about low supply and I've heard that the baby will bite. Like I wasn't thinking about any of those things. And I wouldn't have been unless I saw them in some type of forum or something like that goes on now. So I I do think that social media has played a big difference in maybe for better or for worse. I mean, because when people see that, I think it also encourages them to Um, seek out information so that those things won't be barriers for them. But at the same time, of course, you know, people see that and they're like, that's too hard. That's ridiculous. Why would I do that? So it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I, you know, I often say like with social media, you have to go into it prayed up for real. Because because it's like, I want to be, well, I want to be connected. I want to expose myself to different opinions than that of my own. Um, but you really have to be like armored up in a way that will not sway your sense of worth. Yes. Um, here I am, for instance, you know, maybe struggling with supply issues or worrying that I'll have low supply. And then I'm seeing like images of people's freezers filled with, um, milk. Mm-hmm. And while that's a wonderful thing, you know, it can be really triggering. So I definitely feel you on that. I think it's worth saying, you know, your testimony about the pediatrician, that was definitely my testimony um, with my first. Like It was literally like, our stories are the same. I completely overshot this um, thought about who's going to care for our baby after she comes. Yeah. You know, what's their philosophy? Um, Will they support our, um, our breastfeeding goals? Like I was so focused on the birth. Mm-hmm. that I neglected neglected to think about the after. Um, and that's something I'm really passionate about, like pouring into the before and after. Because those are the two bookend experiences in this like birthing year journey that people just, you know, you just kind of leave it there because you're like, oh, my emphasis has to be on like this birth, you know? So I'm really glad that you brought that up because I'm, I'm sure a lot of us can resonate with that. Definitely um, on point with the idea of, I mean, you didn't say this, but I think this is what you were getting at. The idea of like culturally competent yes. people in our village. And that goes past, you know, that goes past uh, just saying, well, they're Black, I'm Black, right? Dig deeper too. Yep. Um, are they open to support like a different walking yeah. life? You know, because we're not monolithic. And I think that's beautiful. Like people think we are, but we're not. And and that's why I say take the classes because it's such a low bar way to like meet other people. And even if you don't vibe with that person, you can ask them, you know, do you know anybody else that's in my area? Especially because things are online, they might be somewhere else. And that's an easy way for you to find out without even offending that person. Like, I don't, I don't really like you. You know, you just want people local to you or, um, you know, you can tap into them for resources. So I think it's such an incredible way to meet people. And that is kind of one of my favorite things. I mean, I love school. I love classes. So I'm always going to say I I could be biased, like take a childbirth class, take a breastfeeding class, have fun, you know, don't worry. We're not trying to pass a test, you know, just have fun. And what you learn is what you're going to learn. And 
and the rest of that. Some of those things will come up later and maybe resurface. Or again, you have that resource, that culturally competent resource. Yes, that is the important piece. At the end of every August, we celebrate Black Breastfeeding Week. The whole month of August is uh, very very (laughs) breastfeeding awareness. And this year's theme for Black Breastfeeding Week is the big pause collective breast or collective power. It can be a challenge for us to just sit down. I'm going to say it plain. It's a challenge for me. And I think when we become parents, and especially what you um, pointed out several moments ago, this idea of like, the problem is not us, it's the society not really incentivizing us to do it in the way that is natural to us. I I know that's like very convoluted and jumbled, but um, it can be hard, like very capitalism, go, 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 never not working. It can be hard to be like, no, rest is essential. I wanted to ask you, if you wrestle with that concept and how you kind of reconcile like, okay, so there's the rest that I need as someone serving um, birthing families. And then here's me probably prescribing rest to these birthing families. And then I'm not really like embodying that for myself. So what does that look like for you? Like, what does rest look like for Shannon, right? So that's the first part. And then the second is, how can families, how can um, nursing moms, nursing parents center rest, like, in their nursing journey? Because, you know, I've nursed two kids, and it can often feel like, I'm old. I am. I mean, you are. You always on the clock, especially the first couple weeks, months. Like you're always doing. You're always feeding, even if you're pumping. All gotta stop and pump. So it can feel like your nursing relationship is like the center of your universe for a while. How do we bake rest into that too? Yeah, I first of all love the theme of rest. I love it. I get. Ex- I'm excited that. I'm even seeing that be something that people are saying a lot more of because it is so important. As a culture, as an American culture, we are so go, 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 like you said. It's just, it's always about being on the move, always about doing something. And then culturally, for us as Black people, we are used to hard, not only the hard work, But using that hard work to prove our worth, like, look, we're not lazy. We we do work hard. And I think it's awesome that people are kind of seeing for one, like if someone thinks of you in a certain way, it really doesn't matter what you present to them because their ignorance is going to prevent from seeing you or seeing your humanity even and realizing that that kind of battle will just bring us down into the ground and that we have to take the time to have rest, which is a big part of it, and take the time to celebrate ourselves as well, which, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but we kind of see those things as negative, like, well, there's so much going on in the world. What are we celebrating? Well, there's a lot to celebrate. First of all, we're still here, you know? So um, that, like I said, whole other conversation, but with the rest part of it, um, it's funny because what is so awesome about this work is that you really, really, really have to practice these things for yourself. 
And again, it's never about being perfect. And that's how I'm able to have empathy for other families because I get it. I get that things fluctuate. Sometimes we have periods where we can easily get more rest. And sometimes we have some where we have to get a little more creative about it. Um, But it does have to be on the forefront of our minds in some way. Otherwise, it's easy to just neglect. But as a... um, person of wellness and coming from a holistic wellness kind of a background, I see rest as being so multifaceted and, and the physical part of rest where you need to sleep, where you need to take naps is just one part of it. And I think it's super important for people that are pregnant, for people who are postpartum, for new parents, that physical side of rest is something that we definitely struggle with. I know I did not want to sleep when the baby slept. Um, I didn't want to take naps because that was the time where I could be cleaning something up, you know. So um, it, it's a tough habit to break, to be addicted to being busy. It's yeah. a tough habit to break, but um, that part of the rest is simply just a small piece of it. You know, we also have to have mental rest. We have to have emotional rest. And that could mean that, you know, now that you're in this new phase of your life, there are some people that you really have to let go of or Mm. that you have to limit your conversation with because they're taxing on your energy. Uh, And that's okay. It's okay to rest from those people sometimes. It doesn't mean that we're ghosting anyone or, Um, you know, just cutting off, burning bridges left and right. It's really just taking a rest from them sometimes. Uh, I know journaling is like a huge part of my mental rest, you know, to get these thoughts that are constantly running through my head, you know, that's tiring. And so to just be able to get them out and, and just call it a day, um, and not have to have those mentally taxing thoughts, um, It's also about being out in nature. That is something that's very important for my rest and being unplugged. You know, we know how these screens do on our eyes and on our nervous system. And so it's so nice to just sit outside. And that has become a big part of uh, my routine. I will get up in the morning, head outside, sit with my coffee, sit with my tea, maybe journal, maybe just sit there. Um, And just listen to what's going on around me. Uh, Gardening is a big part of my life because that helps to get me outdoors and just like being out in the dirt. Um, All of that is, I consider that rest. I I consider that resting because it's a rest for my soul. It's a rest for my mind. Um, And yeah, I just, rest is multifaceted. So yes, like getting that physical rest is important. But I think we also need to um, take value in how rest can appear in other places and spaces in our lives, too. I love everything you said. Like, I ate it up like a meal. Um, yeah. It's a, par- it's a part of um, kind of coming back to yourself or discovering who you are as a parent and finding how you can bring bring all those cells, parts of yourselves back together. So... Being outdoors is so awesome because not only does it provide you rest, but, you know, it's not like you can just leave your baby somewhere and go off and be outside, but you can definitely baby wrap and take them with you and still be in the garden. And even if they're crying, they're not crying in the house where it's vibrating off the walls like those. It still provides you with some type of restoration and really like 
rest is, I think, just an abbreviation. Restoration is really what we're going for, um, that full, full concept of ease. So let's move on and let's let's talk about the significance of having lactation um, educators, lactation um, counselors that reflect and understand the unique cultural experiences that that we have as birthing families. And you touched on it earlier in the conversation, right? Um, as we talked about just like aligning your village, like who's in there. Um, I want you to talk specifically about maybe ways that you've seen that um, resonate with your clients um, or again, personally, like how, how important is it for us to make sure we have the resources there if and when we need them and making sure that those people really like resonate with, with us, that we feel comfortable with them, um, that we feel like, you know, we can really rely on them in our time of not just need, but like learning and ferreting out that information too. Yeah. I feel like part of the reason, um, cultural, uh, support is so important. I mean, we talked about the safety aspect of it, which, you know, we can't say enough about, um, of course, financial, but also um, community. And I, when I had, um, when I had all those issues going on with breastfeeding, my first experience, and we hired a lactation consultant to come to the house and um, she was not down for the cause. <laughs> and my whole family was at the house. Um, and my husband is over six feet tall. So all of his family is over six feet. They're all tall. And they're all at the house. My family is at the house. Uh, and so she comes by and sees all these huge black people. And I'm making this assumption in my mind that this is what she's seeing, but her eyes were the size of golf balls. So I, something was shocking her, the scene that she saw. And she was uncomfortable um, because she kind of came in, she took my breast, showed me what to do, and then was like, okay, bye. And it was like the dust lines. <laughs> She was so uncomfortable. And thankfully, yeah, I mean, she was helpful, but it was weird. And then like, that's where our relationship began and ended. And when you're um, uh, going out on this path as a parent, you're looking for relationships. You don't need just fly by night people. And so I think that's where really having that community comes in because you know that someone is not only there to help you, but there, it doesn't just end at that service. They will continue to be there for you. And for me, that's, that's the most important part. I hate saying goodbye to clients and I'm like, you know, probably obnoxious reaching out, but, you know, I want them to know because it's not really second nature for us um, to just be like, yeah, this person's there for me. They've got my back. And so I want to make sure they know, yeah, I'm here. I've got your back. So I definitely think that's like a big difference. And it's such a personal thing. I mean, this woman really came and just like picked up my breasts and stuffed it in my baby's mouth and and doing it while energetically she just, you could tell, didn't want to be there. Like that just doesn't feel good. And that's such an intimate moment. I don't really want you touching me if you feel like that. So, yeah. 
I had an experience that mirrored yours where um, you have your baby in the hospital and most hospitals, hospitals they'll send in the hospital assigned um, consultant um, if they know that breastfeeding is your goal. And that was my experience too. Like the woman, she, she didn't seem like she didn't want to be there, but it, it felt very, I'll say it, assembly line. It felt mm-hmm. very like, okay, you know, same exact thing. Like, here's your boob, put it in your daughter's mouth, like, bye. And um, it was my recovery nurse. She was really the one that like gave me that information. And to your point about energy, like her energy just felt like so, um, like she was speaking from someone that had definitely walked this path. And she was like, looking back, like, you know, looking back and reaching back and being like, I got you. Like you, come on, you can do it. I will never forget her, you know? Even the nuance of having a black breast and a lot of our areolas being like larger. So this idea yep. of like, all your areola should be in a baby's mouth. And it's like, that's not going to fly for all of us. A lot of areola. Mm-hmm. Um, she understood that. And, you know, in that case, it wasn't about color. Like she was a white woman, right? But mm-hmm. she was like, I recognize where you've been because I've been there. Yes. And I want to help you. Yes. Um, and I'll never forget that. So, yeah. Um, uh, having that mutual respect for one another. Um, I, I do find that sometimes um, I've had interviews where I felt like uh, that family wanted me as an accessory. And so like, yeah, you know, you can feel just like, mm, this doesn't feel right. I don't think um, we're a good match, but that's such a good point, even about even understanding what a black breast looks like that, like, yes. <laughs> uh, I think of course it would be awesome. Like it seems ridiculous that you have to have someone who looks like you to understand you. But right now that's kind of where we are. And, um, in, in, while we're in that space, you know, yeah, it's super important. I love going to families' houses and they have kids. I'm playing with the kids. I'm talking to the kids. You know, that's no big deal. You see a house full of people and that's no big deal. Like, Black people are happy that this baby is here. You know, they gather, we come together. And so for me, it's exciting. And I'm able to bring that energy to the family. I want you to let um, everyone know where they can reach you, where they can take your classes and where they can just like follow what you're doing. Awesome. Okay. Well, again, I'm pregnancy with Mrs. B. And so you can find me with that name. That's the website, pregnancywithmrsb.com. That's where I am on Instagram and Facebook as well. And uh, yeah, you'll, if you follow me on social media or even um, check out the website from time to time, I will always update when we are having childbirth classes and breastfeeding classes as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Shannon. Thank you. I love this. For those of you that don't know, I have been running a birth preparation series um, because I am in the last leg of my training to become a childbirth educator. And I have been running a, what I've been calling a drop-in series, right? So it's no commitment, no cost. Um, You just drop in when you can on the last Wednesday of each month. I've been running that and I think I'm gonna be running it until the end of October or so. So if you are currently expecting, if you are just, 
you know, wanting to get more information about what labor and birth entails and how you can stay grounded in that process, um, go ahead and visit my bio on Instagram um, to get some more information about the drop-in sessions because you will benefit from the information and I will certainly benefit from the experience and the ability to practice these techniques that I'm learning. So as always, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit me up on IG. You can find me at Well Worth Watering on Instagram as well as Facebook. And of course, always remember that you are well worth pouring into and you are well worth watering. I'll talk to you soon.